Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. It is so wonderful to have you joining me. So this week's episode is another Dear Lorraine episode. I had such a wonderful response to the first one that I did and there are lots more coming in this series within the season. So this week I want to talk about a challenge that came through from quite a few different listeners when I did my shout out on on Instagram and it came through in some different ways. It was either how do I take a risk? How do I back myself? How do I overcome the anxiety of doing something new or something for the first time? So really, I guess I'm distilling all of that in today's episode down to how do we take a risk, whether it's in our lives, our careers or our businesses. And the fact is, in all of our lives, some risk is going to be needed, you know, whether that's saying yes to a first date or it's saying yes to starting that business or it's saying yes to moving house or moving country or a financial investment. For all of us, risk is almost an inherent ingredient of, of making progress. It is impossible to move forward without taking some kind of risk, even if the risk is really negligible, it's still a risk at the end of the day. So today's episode, I want to talk about risk and how, I guess, the approaches that I take to taking risks and how I will step my mentees through taking a risk in their lives and their businesses as well. And I think it's really important to remember that we all have very different risk appetites. When Wade was a financial advisor, that was one of the core questions that he would need to work with his clients on was to ask, you know, what is your your risk appetite? Are you low risk? Are you medium risk? Are you high risk? Because that would then guide the kind of strategies that he would create for those clients. And some of us can be have, have quite a high risk tolerance to some areas of our lives and have a very low risk tolerance in other areas of our lives. So if I think about me as an example, it wasn't a big decision for me to move to Spain. That was relatively low risk in my opinion at the time when we made that decision. However, if there was a risk around financial investments, then my risk tolerance is is quite low. I don't like losing money. I like making money. I don't like losing money. And of course, then if I am making financial investments that are more calculated risk, you know, the risk profile is lower of those investments. Of course, the expectation is that the upside of those risks are, are going to be less as well. But that's a trade-off that I feel very comfortable with. So for you, for example, listening, you may have quite a high risk appetite when it comes to your career and making decisions there. However, you've got a very low risk appetite when it comes to interpersonal relationships. So I think it's important to remember because I think sometimes we can be in a conversation with someone and going, God, they're just doing this thing and I would never be brave enough to do that thing. It's just remembering that it's not necessarily about bravery. It's just acknowledging that each of us have different 
we, we've each got our own unique, unique as a thumbprint risk profile for different areas in our lives and our businesses. So I think the key question that we want to answer today as part of this episode is how do we balance taking the risk because we know that that's going to move us forward or you know we're hoping it's going to move us forward but balancing that risk with our own peace of mind. We want to take a risk but still be able to sleep at night because otherwise the the, the cost of that risk is too high if it's going to affect our own peace of mind and you know, over a period of time maybe affect our mental health as well. So how do we do that? And also, how do we back ourselves? You know, what are the steps that we can take in order to back ourselves? So I'm going to dive straight in. And I really love doing these episodes because it's like step one, step two, step three. So the first thing that I would really do if you are weighing up a risk right now and you're trying to figure out how to move forward with it is first of all to define risk to yourself. And my favorite definition of risk of all time is one from Tim Ferriss, the author and podcaster. And he defined risk as the likelihood of an irreversible negative outcome taking place. So I'll repeat that, the likelihood of an irreversible negative outcome taking place. And the reason I love that definition so much, and I've worked with that definition myself for, gosh, 12, 12, 13 years now, I think. And the reason I love it so much is I just want to draw your attention to two different words within that definition. First of all, the likelihood. You know, how likely is it that this catastrophic fallout could actually happen you know is it likely is it not likely you know out of a percentage chance how likely is it to happen so i think that's the the one word i want to first word i want to draw your attention to the second word that i want to draw your attention to is irreversible so little of the decisions that we make in our lives are really truly irreversible and i think it's really helpful when we are evaluating a risk is to evaluate okay well If I changed my mind and I wanted to get out of this situation that I've gotten myself into, what could I do to reverse it? Almost what could I do to unpick the situation that I could potentially find myself in? So there are two things I really like to look at when I'm evaluating risk is, first of all, you know, how likely is it to happen and the negative outcome to happen? And secondly, how reversible is it? If I change my mind on this, how reversible is it? So there are two considerations that really, really helped me. And as I said, we really want to go into this, first of all, defining what risk is, because it enables us then to have a solid base on which to play from as we continue to take the risk and and talk ourselves through it. The second thing, and this is quite an elegant follow-on from Tim Ferriss's definition of risk, is to ask yourself, what could go wrong? You know, I think often when we're going into a risk, we can say, okay, I'm just going to think about all the great things that could happen because that's a way of, almost like it's a way of managing our mindset, you know, being optimistic and saying, of course, it's going to go great. But I actually find it gives me more peace of mind to also go the other way and think about what is the absolute worst case scenario. I had an incredible mentor. She was on my non-exec advisory board in my first business called Claire. And she had built a very, very successful chain of clothing stores around Australia about 20 years ago. And she said that the key thing that enabled her to grow at such an incredible pace and build the business to be the behemoth that it was, was that she always asked herself when she was about to take that next step, what could go wrong here? And identifying that, and then once she's identified what all the potential things that could go wrong were, she would then identify what she would do if each of those things happened. 
So she said, I actually always felt very confident because I knew that no matter what happened, it was very rare that she something happened that she hadn't forecast, that no matter what happened, she had a plan. It's almost like she had already built in the safety nets before she had even embarked on whatever that next step was. So I'd really invite you to think about that with the risk that that, that you might be weighing up, is what are the things that could go wrong? List them out. And once you have listed them out, then identify, okay, well, what's one thing that I could do to either mitigate the risk or reduce the risk of that happening? Or if that does happen, what can I do to, to deal with it at the time? And an example for me in my life was when I was thinking about starting my first business. It was back in 2011, yes. And I was really weighing up, okay, should I do this? Because I really, really loved my career. I love the agency I worked with. I love the people that I worked with. I love my clients. And I was doing well. I was earning the best money I'd earned in my career. I could see a path for myself within that agency and beyond. And it was a big risk for me to think about starting this business. I had no business experience. The business I was creating was a first to market in Australia. And I knew that it would be, I would need to spend a lot of time and energy educating the market to be ready for this, for this business. It wasn't like what I was going into to offer, which was content partnerships with our stable of talent, blogging talent, it wasn't like that was already something that was in hot demand. You know, I was going to have to create that demand and then fulfill the supply for that demand. So when I was weighing it up, I said, okay, well, what's the worst that could happen? Okay, so if you go here, you start this business and what's the worst that could happen? And where I got to with my worst case scenario was the business was an absolute mortifyingly embarrassing failure and I went back to my old bosses with my tail between my legs and begged for my job back that was my worst case scenario and when I weighed it up and said okay well if that's the worst case I can probably deal like if that's what I need to do yes it will be mortifying and it will be I will feel ashamed and embarrassed but at the end of the day I know that I could go back and, and do that if I wanted to so really going to the worst case scenario I think can really help ironically <laughs> with your peace of mind going into a risk. The other question that I really like to ask myself when I'm considering moving forward on something is, okay, if not now, then when? If I don't do this now, when am I going to do it? And that was probably the most powerful lever for me in starting my first business when I did start it because I had no mortgage, I had no kids, Wade and I were together, but we weren't married. I was very, as Wade would describe it, my life was very low drag. You know, I had very low level of responsibility in my life at the time. And I really did sit on the business idea going, well, why don't you wait for a couple of years when the influencer marketing space is no more well known as it, ha- as it happened in the States and the UK and your business is, your career is even more short up and you've had more experience and you've got some time to maybe do some educating yourself on how to run a business and marketing and all the things. And then I just said, if you don't do this now, when are you going to do it? This is the lowest commitment probably that you're ever going to have in, in your life. And that was the real, as I said, the lever that kind of propelled me forward to starting that first business. And I am so glad that I did start it then. I cannot tell you, in the year after I started that business, I had at least eight people come to me and say, that is so crazy you started that business because I had the very same idea. And I said, well, why didn't you start it? And they said, oh, well, you'd already done it. (laughs) And I would kind of go, "Uh, have you heard of competition? 
So I'm really, really happy that I did start the business when I did in 2012 because I got to claim first to market in, in the industry, which is something that, you know, we were always able to claim because we were always the first to do what we had done. So asking yourself the question, you know, when it comes down to timings, if not now, when will you do it? And maybe for you, the timing isn't right. Now, maybe for you, it, what, the answer to your when question is in a year's time or two years time. But at least then you've got a timeline that you're working to and you can really start to fall in step with that timeline and start to prepare yourself and act as if that timeline is, is already coming. So really asking yourself the question, if not now, then when? And I would really invite you to consider the idea that the timing will never be perfect. You will never have enough money. You will never have enough time. You will never have enough support. There's never going to be a moment that you wake up some Wednesday morning in the not so distant future and you go, you know what? This is the perfect time. And for any of you who have started families, you, you will know that feeling. You know, there's very few of, of my friends and people that I talk to about starting families that they've gone, yeah, that was the perfect time. We, we need to create the perfect time. The perfect time is when you're ready to go. So really thinking about the timing element of taking this risk as well. The other thing that I would really suggest you do as well, so maybe you've gone through, you know, different steps, you've evaluated all the things that could go wrong, you've got your plan of, you know, mitigating actions that you would take if those things do go wrong, you've looked at your worst case scenario, you've got a plan you know, for that, you've really considered your timings and you've gone with the timings that are, are most appropriate to you right now and you've decided to go ahead, right? So you've gone, yep, yeah, I'm going to take this risk, let's do it. So the next thing that I would really suggest you do is just take it, feel into the flow is how I would describe it. Because what will happen quite early on in a project or an adventure or an action plan, whatever I'm doing, strategy, very early on, I have this sense of, okay, this is flowing or it's not. When it feels like it's flowing, it's like the universe is just kicking into gear around me. It's like the universe has said, okay, Lorraine's got this plan. Let's make it happen. And everything falls into, not everything, but most things feel like, you know, that they're falling into, into place around that, that plan. On the other side, sometimes I can start something and go, oh my God, this is so hard. This is like pushing shit uphill. It feels like at every single juncture, there's some kind of an obstacle or a block to overcome. And it can just feel like there's no flow. It's just not, it's like I'm not catching a wave. I'm so not a surfer, but if I would probably say like, I'm just not catching the wave. And a couple of examples for this for you, when I was running my first business and I decided, okay, that's it. We need a business development manager. And I set aside a pretty big chunk of cash in the next year's cash flow forecast to, to accommodate this pretty chunky salary. And I spent almost a year hiring for this role. I had three different candidates come through. One, I accepted the role, offered the role he didn't accept. The second one, we were very far down the track of the hiring process. We were just about to say, hey, come join. And he dropped out of the process. And then the third person I ended up hiring, and he was with me for three months and one day, just enough to be out of his probation period for the headhunter. Oh my God, still sore about that one. And he said, actually, no, this isn't for me. I'm going to go and work in another business. So it was just constant grind. It was constant stress. And when I look back and think of, you know, the amount of energy that I could have channeled instead of putting it into that hiring process and into actually selling myself, I probably would have added another million dollars 
onto our revenue that year. So we can have experience. So that's a couple of examples of me when it, that, that, that example was grindy. Another one was when we were trying to move to the Gold Coast. So we fell in love with a particular area in the Gold Coast in, it was Christmas, New Year's Eve, New Year's 2018. So the start of 2018. And we were staying in this village. We fell in love with it. We found a house that was for sale and we embarked on trying to buy the house. The owner didn't have an agent, so we were dealing with her direct. She was an absolute nightmare. The finance was really tricky because Wade and I were both self-employed. It just felt like there was constant obstacles as we were trying to buy that house. And when I look back now, I do wonder, oh, was that the universe you know, trying to protect us? Because we did make the move, we did the tree change. And after four months, we moved back to Sydney because I was really, really lonely and just did not adjust to the flow of life up there at that point in our lives. And so I do look back and wonder, was that the universe trying to protect us? And thankfully, I actually am thankful that we went ahead and purchased that house because it turned out to be a really good financial investment. But that was another example of it just feeling a bit grindy, like it wasn't flowing at all. And then on the flip side, then there are experiences that I've had where that flow, it's just there. For example, starting Bold Darling, my mastermind for female entrepreneurs. I remember coming up with that idea in Bali two and a half years ago. And then we pretty much kicked straight into, six months later, we kicked into COVID. We then had Wilder, our second baby. And the timing just never felt right. But I still felt so excited for Bold Darling and what it could be. And when it did finally come time early last year to launch it, it just flowed so beautifully. The branding, the offer, the launch was just an absolute delight to host. And it's been you know, one of my favorite parts of my business since then. It's had such brilliant women in the group. And I just love spending time with that group. It's, it's brilliant. I love it. And people are really getting the results from Bold Darling as well. So it just felt like there was flow behind Bold Darling. Another example, kind of closer to home, we've just moved house in Spain. Actually, we haven't really just really, it's been like, as I'm recording this, it's been five weeks. So I was really worried about moving house because we wanted to move out of the place that we were in, but we were starting to look for a house in June, which is the worst time to try find real estate in Spain because peak season here is just another level. I've never seen peak season like this before. And what owners will often do if they do have a property is they will put it on for vacation rentals for the summer. So for June, July, August, September, and then in October, then they'll open it up for long-term rentals. But often those long-term rentals are only from October to April. And then probably from May onwards, it kicks in again to vacation rentals. So we were looking for places to move to and there was sweet F all available. And I was really, really worried about how it was going to work. I was also worried about how we were going to get out of the lease that we had signed with our existing place. It all felt really big and really stressful and really scary. And then it just started to flow. The owner of our place that we were living in was incredibly gracious and kind to us and released us from our lease. And then we found a house, which is a third of the rent than we were paying in our old place. It's two minutes from the kids' school. It's still a four-bedroom house. And we are loving it. It's crazy. We are, yeah, I mean, actually, Wade probably liked the views and so on of our first house more. But I'm so much happier here as a family. It feels like our family home here. 
So at every single step of the way with this whole process, it just felt like there was flow. The real estate agent adored Wade. She only showed it to us. She didn't show it to anyone else. The owners we got to meet, they were absolutely lovely. It just flowed from start to finish. So really what I invite you to do is, you know, once you've made your decision and you're going to move forward with whatever risk it is you have in mind, that you then feel into the flow. I'm a big fan of looking for the tailwind in things. If it feels like you've got that flow behind you, you know, roll with it, run with it. If it doesn't and it feels more almost like abrasive or grindy or a bit sticky, then maybe think about other tweaks that you might want to make to the plan that you're working to at the moment. And the last thing I want to say about taking risk is, you know, while I am as part of this episode trying to Offer some suggestions to help you find more peace of mind with and more assurance, maybe is a good word as well, for taking risks. Just remember that inherent in taking a risk is a certain level of anxiety. I really loved one of my dearest friends and, and earliest mentors is Jack DeLosa, the founder of The Entourage. And Jack, I remember, and this has stuck with me for so many years, and he said that growth cannot coexist with comfort. If you are growing, you are feeling distinctly uncomfortable. And and if you are feeling comfortable, you're probably not growing. So I find that it gives me peace of mind just to accept that, okay, I'm uncomfortable because I'm growing here. This is okay. Like This is where I could probably expect to be. And I find it takes the sting out of the anxiety as well. I often find if I know exactly why I'm anxious and I can rationalize it, then it can really help me reframe that anxiety and a beautiful reframe that I love to use. If you think about the physiological feeling of feeling anxious, you've probably got some butterflies in your belly. Maybe your palms are a bit sweaty. Maybe your heart is beating a bit faster than normal. Maybe your breath is a bit more shallow. That physiological feeling is actually the very same feeling of feeling excited. You know, the bodily sensations that we have when we're excited are pretty much identical. So I always like to tell myself, okay, I'm not afraid. I'm just excited. I'm not afraid. I'm excited. I'm not afraid. I'm excited. And, you know, when, when you are at the cusp of taking a risk in your life and I'm working through the kind of next steps of that, just accepting that there is going to be a level of anxiety that does come with that. I actually find crazily enough in itself helps me manage the anxiety better. And what you'll probably find is that you will take this risk You will make it all happen and you will start to feel comfortable. And at that point, then you'll probably want to take another risk. And that's how our comfort zones expand, you know, one one risk at a time. So really hope that this episode has given you some really clear thought starters on how you can approach risk in your life. And and ultimately remembering that this is, is your life. These are your decisions to make about where you want to go. And the the upside of that is that you've got full responsibility and the downside is that you have got full responsibility because when we make a decision and, and, and take a risk and if for whatever reason it doesn't work out, then it is fully our responsibility. But it is a lot easier to go into that and if potentially it doesn't work out, knowing that you've already done the forward planning around what those risks might be and what your what your next step will be as a result. So really hoping these tips were helpful. As I said, I love doing these episodes because they are really live, acute challenges that my listeners are experiencing right now. But maybe for you listening, this isn't an experience you're having right now, but you will have this on your back pocket for maybe the next time that you need or want to take a risk. So thank you so much for joining this week's episode and I will chat to you again next week. 
please do remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever have to miss an episode. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions and requests for future topics on what I share here on the show. So please do reach out via my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au or connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor. I would also love if you could rate and review the podcast as it helps even more brilliant listeners like you find the show. Thank you so much again for listening this week. Thank you.